Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, May 21st, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 84, the paragraph that begins, This Thought Brings Us to Step 10. Today's readers are Rosalind C. on the 12 Steps, Santa H. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Renata G., Angela D., and Deborah R. The reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, May 20th, is 7654, and our newcomer greeter is Penny C. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Rosalind C. to read the 12 steps. And good morning, everyone. This is Rosalind C., a recovered compulsive overeater from Ohio. The 12 steps. We admitted we are powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these character defects. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to all of them. 9. Made a direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, 
having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, everyone, and have a blessed day, and I pass. Thank you, Rosalind C. And I will now ask Santa H. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, visionaries. This is Santa H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, forever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Santa H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. 
We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 84, the second full paragraph beginning, this thought brings us to step 10. And I will ask Renata G to get us started. Thank you, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G, recovered from post in New York. This thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for a lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When this crops up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our call. And so, you know, uh, this thought, what thought? You know that I, I, I've done the work, right? I've worked the, the previous nine steps, and I'm living in the promises now. And so, you know, to, to keep living in the promises, I need to, to continue this process on a daily basis. And, um, you know, step 10 is the way to do it. Step 10 is nothing more than a fourth or nine whenever, you know, I'm restless, irritable, discontent, or fearful or resentment. Resentful, I mean. And, um, you know, as an addict, I've always lived on the extreme. It was either all or nothing. You know, I'm either like, uh, restricting on a diet, exercising, doing everything that I thought was right, or I'm not doing nothing at all, anything at all. And so, you know, four through nine is a lot of work, right? So I work, 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 and then all of a sudden I think that I can post. And that's not the truth. That's not what the book's telling me here. You know, we're going to continue this way of living, you know, for the rest of our lives if I want to keep on living in the provinces. If I don't want to, I'll stop and, you know, I'll go back into the food in, like, no no, no time. Um, you know, and, um, you know, doing step 10 on a daily basis is, you know, what's going to help me grow and have an even better, more close relationship with my higher power. And uh, it takes time, you know, to learn and develop a new and healthy way of living, you know, a, a way of living that is based on the principles of this program. And so, you know, the way I learn more and I grow more is by practicing it. Like everything else, you know, that I want to excel at, that I want to be good at, I need to practice, practice, practice every day. And that's what step 10 is. You know, step 10 takes me out of self-will, which is my default mode, right? I always go back into self-will. So, you know, if I keep practicing step 10, it brings me back to God's will, to God's way of living. And, uh, you know, just to wrap up, um, there are specific directions here on how to do step 10. You know, it's not complicated at all. It says when these crop up, 
when what drop off? Resentment, fear, if I'm restless, irritable, irritable, discontent. You know, what do I do? You know, I ask God to remove it at once. I discuss it with someone else, someone immediately. Make amends quickly if I have harmed anyone. And then resolutely turn our, my thoughts to someone I can help. So it's not in the evening. It's not the next day. It's not a week from now or, oh, I'll, I'm going to gather all my acceptance and next month I'll turn it over. No, whenever it happens. I cannot afford to live with resentments and fears. You know, like the book has said before, that's the luxury of, you know, normal people, not me, a compulsive reader. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you very much, Renata G. Who would like to share on this paragraph? This is Bella. Can I share? Larry. I heard Bella, Larry K. Melissa C. Charles New York. Larissa. Is it Larissa C? Is that what you said? Melissa. Melissa. Right. Okay. Santa H. And Paula G, somewhere in there. <laughs> Paula G, and... Sarah W. Santa H. Oh, Santa H, right, okay. And Sarah W. We'll start, stop there because it's a long list. Okay, so it'll be Bella, Larry K, Melissa C, Charles H, Paula G, Santa H, and Sarah W. Please go ahead, Bella G. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful, wonderful paragraph. And I will, I will speak about the sentence, any new mistakes as we go along. Wow, such a freedom. Thank you, God, that now I am in the program. Yes, and I accept and admit that I am human, and I am not perfect, and this is the way that God wants me. Yes, I am not perfect, and I will never be perfect. And yes, before the program, when I just started, I thought, oh, wonderful, now I will do the 12 steps, and that's it, and then I will finish with all my character defects. Oh, no. Yes, I am human, and I still have the character defects. And thank you, God, now I have the tools to deal with my character defects, not to blame and judge myself and others, just to work on my character defects, to learn different ways of behaving and learn from everybody, to accept that I am not perfect, and this is my perfect to be aware and to know that I am here to do God's service and not to, to, I'm sorry, to do God's message and not mine. That, yes, I am not driven anymore by my ego. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bellagy. Larry Kay, please go ahead. Press star one, Larry, to unmute. Larry, are you there? Okay, we'll come back to Larry. Melissa C., are you there? 
Hi, good morning. This is Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And, um, yeah, you know, this, um, I have to do, I have to do this work every day. I cannot, um, you know, rest and say now I've arrived and now I've worked through, you know, the steps and I'm, uh, and I'm well. And, um, because, you know, some of my character defects that happened for so long that um, they they return. You know, I I'm I'm imperfect. I someone shares you all the time about being imperfect, and and that's the truth. And so, you know, I'm going to make mistakes, and I'm going to find myself in situations, and my old ways of reacting they do come up again. But you know, now I have I have a plan. I have I have this program of recovery. I have a whole new way of dealing with life. And so, you know, I was the queen of denial. I was so good at ignoring what went on around me. And, um, you know, so it was either denial or obsession for me. And now that I, you know, I'm on this recovered path and this recovered life, um, I don't live in denial anymore. It's amazing. Um, God allows me to see the truth, you know, much quicker than it, than I used to, and um, and I guess because I'm not drowning myself in in food, I'm not numb, and so I'm really aware, but um, but I'm not fighting and I'm not bristly, and so these things come up, and um, you know, and I can address them. I have I have this wonderful way of addressing it now. I I turn it over to God. I write it down. I share it with another person. I clean up and make my amends if I caused harm along the way. And then I find someone to help. And um, and that's the wonderful thing about this program is that um, we're here to help one another. There's no reason why I should have this beautiful recovery unless I'm willing to share it with others. And that is the big joy. That's, you know, that's like... Better than being in a thinner body is being able to help other people um, with this addiction and offer hope. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa C. Uh, Larry K., are you there? I'm here now from Restore to un, to, to Not Be Muted. <laughs> um, thanks, Kathy K. It's Larry K., uh, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. So, you know, step ten. You know, we have this 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 process now. The, the big book gives us specific instructions here. We, you know, we've been restored to sanity uh, through this process of action that we call recovery. And now, you know, it's funny. It's interesting to me that there's there's two spots in the big book where Bill mentions being rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence. And um, you know, and and it, both in there is a solution in Bill's story. There's those two chapters. He uses it twice and. You know, being this, this is very meaningful to me once you're restored in step 10 and we have this process for staying here. The, the, the fourth dimension of existence that Bill speaks of is the spiritual dimension, of course. And now if that's the fourth dimension, the spiritual, there, there indeed there's, there must be three others, which there are. There's the, the physical dimension, um, the mental dimension, the emotional dimension, right? And every human being has four dimensions. And now what's interesting about that is three of the four you'll be awakened to simply by being born, you know, simply by coming out of the womb. We're awakened to that, to that. And, 
now, you know, unless there's something radically wrong with us, you know, some sort of neurological issue, just by being brought into the world, you'll be aware that you have a physical dimension, you have a body, and you'll be aware that you have a mental dimension, a mind, a brain, and of course you'll have feelings, the emotional dimension. Well, but what I find so interesting is that the spiritual dimension, which is just as present with human beings as the other three, is the only one that unless it's offered to you and you awaken to it, it will be as if it didn't exist. And consequently, you'll only be plugged into three-fourths of yourself, you know, which one would think you know, would lead us to a rather incomplete state of existence. And so now we have, you know, things that happen and come up, and we have a way to staying tied to that spiritual awakening. And is it any wonder, you know, why I tended to seek out completeness through, you know, food and alcohol, you know, spending, sex, all those different things. And there's this constant feeling that something's missing. And, you know, I need to ask myself, you know, why did I binge my brain down? You know, that hole in my soul was, was too vast to fill with something as limited as food. You know, the only God could fill that, that great wide abyss. And here's the truth for me. I will never find in a physical object like food the infinite comfort that comes from God. Only the spiritual realm can fill that void. You know, whatever, whatever my heroin was, it was inadequate. That was for sure. So wrapping up, you know, some will seek happiness in food today, others in war, sex, knowledge, yet, you know, all can possess the spirit just by seeking. And, and if God wasn't merciful, I wouldn't be alive today. And now I have this, this process by which I can stay restored. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry Kay. And Charles H., please go ahead. You can, can you let one person go in front of me? Because I, I don't like talking on the bus in front of millions of people. Okay. Uh, Paula D. Paula D., can you share now? Here's Paula D. Great. <laughs> Hello, Kathy. Can you hear This would be Paula D. Um, and uh, coming up a little bit on my turn here. Thank you, Charles. This is Paula D. I am a, I am a compulsive overeater today recovered. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed someone. May I take just a step back? Sometimes, and we, we can make every effort, and we cannot get someone immediately. Should we stop then? Well, lo and behold, take a step back here again. We ask God at once to remove them. So I can go to God, even here, and make amends quickly. Now, notice it doesn't say, say you're sorry. Oh, that's a quick one. Oh, I'm so sorry. Make amends. Make right the wrong. If we have harmed anyone... And we know, and we've, I was just sharing with someone who shared with me, thank you, do no harm. Do no harm. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts, change my mind. And here I need to ask God. To someone we can help. Why is that? Because if I sit, if I sit, I stay. I must move on now. I right, did the right, right did the wrong, and now my thoughts must turn to someone we can help. And I love this line because it opens up someone 
That someone can be anyone that will be willing to speak with us and be with us and I with them. Love and tolerance of our others is our code. Honey, this doesn't make our world smaller. This includes all. I thought I lived in such a small world. It's a big world. It's a big world. And there's a lot of suffering people. So here we here we come to this place. Love and tolerance of others is our code. What a code. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. Uh, Charles, are you ready or shall I go on? I'm ready now, Kathy. Great. Thank, thank you. This is Charles H., a recovered visionary calling from Yonkers, New York. And uh, ain't it funny how, like, you know, I don't mind running my mouth in front of millions of people, but, I, you know, not with earthlings. I don't want, like, if I'm, I just don't like it. So, <laughs> but anyway, Charles H., a recovered visionary. This thought brought us to step 10, what brought me to step 10. What thought? The same thought <clears throat> that was in the doctor's opinion when I was hopeless and, you know, that same thought. You know, that same thought, right? That same thought in more about alcoholism with Fred and Jim. And, you know, you know, I tell you, I was, I, I'll give you an example. I was coming from work. I said, <clears throat> I said, Charles, I said to my mind, see, my mind is a different person. I said to my mind, we're going to go to the gym after work. <clears throat> so I, I like to indulge in basketball. I'm thinking, you know, I can do it and I can't do it. Got a little something. So the teenagers in my neighborhood was like, you know, taunting me. So suddenly the thought crossed my mind that, you know, maybe I should entertain them instead of going to the gym. That same thought, right? So, um, you know, lost the first game, lost the second game, you know, and got an opportunity to play another game. I'm going to tie it in. So, you know, I first of all, the thought, I, over, I, 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 I got over-aggressive and – you know, and I paid for it. <laughs> so I paid for it with a with a nice gash on my face. Um, column four, what was my part? I got over aggressive. And I definitely you know, it's it's you know, after hearing all this Gucci stuff and this good stuff, I mean good stuff, good Gucci stuff in step ten and living it, right? Living it. And um, you know, I, I you know, I got a bright idea when when, when that nail Slice the mess out of my face. Oh, I got that resentment quick, and uh, I I didn't do a spot check, man. I you know I just don't like anybody touching my face. I don't like it. But you know what? Column four, the thought of column four was in my mind while the blood was gushing. I was like, what What was my part in it, Charles? You know what? You got over aggressive. Aren't you supposed to be at the gym? But the thought crossed my mind that it would be nice. Self-seeking to win a game. I was thinking about all this stuff as the blood was coming off my face. And I caught the resentment, and before the night was over, you know, we all pieced it up and said, you know what, it's all good. It's part of the game. You know, my bad, man. And that's what step 10 is working, four through nine, right there. And you know what? I put it through the columns because I can't afford anger. I can't afford to be living in self-will. And you know what? I shared it with my sponsor my sponsor this morning. And that same thought, the thought will materialize negatively or positively if I work for it. If I work for self-will, I'm going to pay for it. You know, you know, eventually, right, 
eventually stress spelled backwards equals desserts. I see it. I see it clear as day right now. This spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. And with that, I pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Charles H. And Santa H., please go ahead. Good morning, visionaries. My name is Santa H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Uh, thank you, God. I, wow, I am an incredible slow learner, but that's okay. The most important thing is I realize it's a process and I'm not a quitter. I just it took me a year to get this. I remember as clear as day my first recovery sponsor, who is has incredible wisdom, and many things she said just stuck with me. But it took me a year to understand what she meant. Um, going back in this paragraph, which has just been an eye opener for me, where it says, "Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear." That's step four. I got that. I knew how to do that very well. And I thought that, okay, we go through step four through nine, we're going to do step four, step five, step six, step seven, step eight, then step nine. But no, what I understand today, what she shared with me a year ago, is that before step five comes step six, seven, and 11. And so I used to understand, okay, I did a step four, so I understand my know my part and so let me go tell someone but not understanding the power of step six and seven like never before today that when these things pop up crop up we ask God to remove them so that means that I need to spend time in my higher power and dealing with what is coming up for me before I go make that phone call um, to a fellow because what I used to do because of my codependency issues that I would be quick to go run to someone and want them to be my higher power and tell me, you know, how to do the 6 to 7 and 11 with this. And, you know, and then it just brought my attention back to what I was reading where on page 69 it says, God alone can judge our sex situations. Um, counsel with person is often desirable, but we let God be the final judge. And where in the past I was allowing people to be the final judge. And not realizing that, though now that I'm recovered, understanding that I have the power myself to go to my higher power, and then I go to someone to discuss it. And for me, that that was just knowing that and understanding this process, that it's not a literal four through nine for me, but it's actually a step four, then step six, seven, eleven, and then I do a step five that that has made my 10-step process so much more pleasurable. And I just wanted to share that today. With that, I pass. Thank you, Santa H. And Sarah W., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy Kay. This is Sarah W. Thank you for your service. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Uh, we've had a lot of wonderful sharing. I was thinking to myself when we were reading this that this this whole uh, chapter is called interaction. And, you know, for those that haven't um, gotten to this step yet, this may sound daunting and, um, and overwhelming. Uh, this is where the freedom really comes into play. And this is also where I've, I've caught my own humanity. And I was thinking about the fact that it is a four through nine process and um, when I look at what 4 through 9 is about, it's about courage 
you know, the courage to speak these things, not only, you know, to see it in myself, but also to see it, um, to allow others to see it and to to acknowledge that um, I'm offering this to my higher power. It's about integrity and maintaining that integrity um, as best I can uh, through the process of what I'm about to do. It's about my willingness and my humility, which is always uh, can be a stumbling block because somehow I I somehow think that somehow humiliation is humility, which is not what it is at all. It's about brotherly love, the idea that now I can connect with you know the human race and say you know I don't blame you, I'm not angry with you, I don't resent you, um, and I can offer justice to myself and to others. So um, I guess the thought that comes into mind at the end of the paragraph, which talks about love and tolerance of others is our code, others and myself. Um, I always thought that if I expressed my vulnerability and expressed things that I had done wrong, that I was somehow wrong, that I was no good. And I think that um, this, this step is so spiritual in nature because my whole... Um, the whole process of recovery is about recovering myself and my relationships with others and and a spiritual relationship with a higher power. And this step really encompasses all of that. Um, and it's not about right or wrong, bad or good. It's about just like the Nike commercial says, just do it. And it truly is about practicing it. And I always always have felt better when I do it. I have never felt worse. And if it still is there a little bit, I do it again with somebody. And there's nothing wrong with that. I work it through one more time, and and with that I have freedom. And as it talks about in the next paragraph, it says we cease fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. This is what happens for us. I mean, we we end up, we, we have a neutrality, we have a peace about us, and the serenity prayer, you know, is is what we really have in in doing this. The serenity prayer comes true for us, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Is there anyone else who'd like to share on this paragraph before we move on? Monica. This is Janice. Okay, Monica and uh, Janice. Anyone else? Okay, great. Uh, Monica T., please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy Kay. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And here we are, step 10. And um, we see the word continue four different times in this one paragraph here. Continue, continue, continue. So here's our design for a living. Here are going to be, we're being given some really clear, clear instructions here of what to do when I feel dishonest, selfish, resentment, fear. It's not if these crop up, it's when they crop up. And so for me, if I have a resentment come up, let's say all of a sudden I'm finding myself wanting to be a little judgmental and critical of someone, I I immediately ask God to remove this. Number one, ask God, talk to God here. God, please remove this from me. And then I will will say to myself, you know, love and tolerance is our code. And you know, they're a sick person too, Monica. So turn our thoughts to someone we can help. I usually will say a prayer for them. 
or I'll say a prayer for somebody else. It says, turn our thoughts. So it can be as simple as saying a prayer for somebody else that needs a prayer. And in the process of my turning my thoughts to someone else, it's getting me off that little hamster wheel of the resentment or the fear that I'm in. And this usually works wonderfully. I may have to do this once. I may have to do it twice. I may have to do it three times. I may just keep asking God, please remove this. Please remove this. Now, if the squirrels keep coming back into my head after I've done this a few times, then it's time for me to do a turnaround. In my head, I go through how am I being selfish, resentful, frightened, da-da-da-da-da. And if that doesn't give me relief, I better get on that phone and talk to someone because I need someone else's eyes to help me do a tenth step here. And this tenth step is ongoing throughout every single day. You know, I've done all this work to keep my, get my house clean. This step helps me keep my house clean daily. And it's so important that if I start feeling um, antsy, I need to pause. Why am I feeling antsy? Why am I feeling bored? What's going on, Monica? And I pause and I look. Is there a resentment? Is there a fear? There's always something going on for me to have those feelings. God, please help me. You know I'm a crazy woman. (laughs) And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica P. And Janice M., please go ahead. Hello, G. Okay, thank you, um, Kathy K. and um, good morning to everyone. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Well, that's the line that I love because it sounded so good. Love intolerance is our code. Oh, it sounded so good, you know, but I never really understood it. Oh, love intolerance because, see, when I was in disease, (laughs) The disease code, the disease standard for me was resentment, anger, you know, at you, at you, at you. And um, it's not about you, see? It's not about me. It's It's not about you. It's about me. It's about curbing rashness in myself. And, you know, this love and tolerance of others, of other weaknesses, You know, I was so intolerant of people if they didn't do it my way or if I perceived that they should have done it another way, especially in my family. I can remember once I was at a meeting and somebody said something about, oh, I hope that when they finish the 12 steps that they eat or they drink or whatever. And I was so angry. I left that meeting so much, so fast, and I called my sponsor, and she said, "Mm, well, Janice, let's look at you. Why did you react like that? Were you loving? Were you tolerant? You were very intolerant, you know, and I just, my eyes woke up. Did I? Yeah, because I thought what he said, you know, affected me, and he shouldn't have said that. And this is all about acceptance, love and tolerance of others' weaknesses, to be open-minded, to accept. Very, see, when, when there's something wrong with me, uh, if I think it's something wrong with you, when I'm disturbed, no matter you know, no matter what the cause, there's something wrong with me, and that's what I look at in step ten. I look at myself and I say, okay, now why am I disturbed? You know, what is it about me? Um, did I not let them live the way they want to live, and I thought I was playing God, you know, and, ch- and telling them to change? 
you know, the live and the let live. Let, let, and, you know, it's an ongoing process because when I speak harshly or hastily, you know, I, I'm not being tolerant. And, you know, when I'm not tolerant, I'm going to be restless, irritable, and discontented. And then, you know, what follows that, I don't care how much we know about the steps. So this is a continuous thing. And, you know, if my serenity um, is good, you know, it's in direct proportion, like the book says, of my acceptance of others. A code is a set of standards that I have to live by on a daily basis. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And I think I heard one more person. Was that Carol G? Yay, Carol G. Go ahead, Carol. You'll be our last one on this. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It's Carol in England having technical difficulties, but recovered. Thank you, God. This is a very powerful paragraph. Um, I wanted to share my um, experience today because this was when I realized that I had entered the world of the spirit. And why did I even want to enter the world of the spirit in the first place? Well, I wanted to be a changed person. I wanted to be somebody who wasn't eating compulsively anymore. Um, I just wanted restoring to sanity around food, basically. Um, and I wanted to stop and stay stopped, but that was really just the beginning. When I got to this part of the work, um, I knew I'd suddenly been given an internal guidance that I didn't have before. Um, There was no more, I think I'll do step 10, I think I'll follow these instructions. It was so automatic, I was unable to put a fork to my mouth until I'd taken inventory, and that was a completely new reflex. I'd never experienced that before in my entire life. And before I got recovered, I could not conceive of what that experience was. I had forced myself to do step 10. I'd forced myself to buy the books, to fill in the forms, to read the print. You know, I just couldn't do it. In fact, I would keep everything till the evening, join it up or mix it up with step 11. All kinds of things would be going on, but this was so clean and clear. And the directions were coming through from an internal source rather than an external source. This was amazing. And now with step 10, I constantly take my spiritual temperature and I even check myself when I'm not agitated. Um, Because just for practice, because if I'm confronted by somebody or something, I can flounder or I can freeze. And it wakes up such an emotional distress that it could set off the mental twist. So I use step 10 constantly immediately right now all the time and the way it seemed to me was this if someone confronts me in the moment when i'm clean inside after just coming off step four through nine all they get and all i have to deal with is me in that moment with that one conflict but what would happen in the past before i had this awakened spirit up would come a tsunami of 1965 right up to 2015 in one instant and I would be completely overwhelmed. I would be vomiting information and yelling and crying and pain all over everybody else. They couldn't deal with it and I couldn't deal with it. Whereas now, now that I've done four through nine, I'm clean and clear on the inside. I'm no longer restless, irritable, discontent. Whatever comes in the moment is to be dealt with in the moment. I use step 10 as it's given to me. I follow the direction and it's just so calming, so freeing, so helpful and it really 
you to help me to match calamity with serenity. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Carol G. <clears throat> okay, Angela D., would you read the next paragraph, please? Can you hear me, Kathy? Yes, I can. Thank you. Thank you. I am Angela. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Westchester, Upper Westchester, New York, and I'm very grateful, never cured. Reading, as we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time sanity will have returned, we will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recall, coil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe, protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. This is our experience. This is how we react as long as we keep in a fit spiritual condition. Wonderful. I have to say, I can cease fighting today, thank God. Anything or anyone, and I've done that all my life. For by this time, sanity will return. Yes, because of what it said in the previous paragraph, the world of the spirit, God himself. If I'm tempted, tempted, I can go to God and the steps. I have a choice today to stay away from that hot flame. I can react sanely, yes, because of God and his steps. And I have to say, it becomes automatic. Why? Because I've learned to do it every day. Why? Because of the previous steps. I've learned how to work this program only because of God and his steps. And I keep on repeating it because I have to repeat it every day to stay sane. All right? I'm grateful today for this spiritual condition. And there's no other way to live for me. And I can't, I can't tell you how I've come out of hell and walking with the Spirit with peace and joy in my heart. And I pass with that. And I thank you. Thank you, Angela D. And we have time for three. Hi, Naomi, could I Deborah hear? Deborah R. Okay. Rita P. Naomi, Deborah R. And Reva P. Is that who I heard? Was yes. Yes, that okay. was me. Okay, so let's go with those three uh, and see where we are at that point. Go ahead, Naomi. Oh, thank you, Kathy Kay. Thank you for your service. Good morning, visionaries. Wow, wow. Oh, my gosh. This is just, if my head could explode, it would. I'm telling you, we feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected, and it just 
comes, well, it doesn't, doesn't just come. We have to work through up through steps 10. Amazing, just amazing. The idea for me to be around certain, a, a certain binge foods and not react and cut them or put them on a plate or handle them as if it was a piece of paper. If this isn't a miracle, I don't know what is. Because I have worked these steps. I have my relationship with my higher power. And I worked step 10, 10, 11, and 12 every single moment of every single day. This is how I have to remain sane. I'm not insane around food. We have this hospitality counter at church. And I help serve because I love doing service. And I'm cutting bagels or I'm putting out chocolate chip cookies. And it's like nothing, nothing. It's like working with paper. This is so not my life. I am so thankful. This program, you know, the old cliche, it's literally saved my life. Well, you know what? It has saved this life. And because of that, I'm allowed and I have the honor of carrying the message, which I do. And thank you for allowing me to share. It's Naomi B. Outside Philadelphia. You guys have a great day, and I love you. Bye. Thank you, Naomi B. And Deborah R., please go ahead. Good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Deborah R. from Michigan, and thank everyone for their service today. Um, I also, all the words just penetrate my um, soul because these Hidden promises, as they're sometimes called, um, are just the essence of peace, uh, gratitude, humility. Um, when it says it just comes, that is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We haven't even sworn we haven't, have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has be re, been removed. It doesn't exist. And neither are we cocky nor afraid. And that's the gift. Um, yes, doesn't mean that I live in la-la land and um, um, perpetual positive attitude, but I live there a lot more. I exist in a world where my higher power is my source of what's going on and how I can, um, I shouldn't say the source, but the lessons that he teaches me, that I even see as lessons, that I have been blessed that it's from this egotistical, oh, once I get down to, say, 119, and my weight's off, then I won't have any more problems. I'll know how to talk to people. I'll know um, how to, you know, do great work and excel and and all this other stuff and be the perfect wife, mother. And it's not like that. I am still a human being. And I see these character defects um, within me that are, they're always kind of there it's like a broken leg once it's broken it's always broken yes it heals and it's better but it's still gonna you know 
be a little bit more vulnerable. And living in the steps daily throughout the day, I have a most wonderful, as paragraph before, a way to address life on life terms without picking up my um, alcoholic foods, if you want, or the ingredients that, that, you know, take me off into that um, obsession and allergy of the body. And with that, have a most gracious, beautiful day. And I love you all. Thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Deborah R. And Reva P., please go ahead. Good morning. This is Reva P., recovering compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, Ceased fighting. I fought with the food. It was a constant battle every 24 hours, counting calories, counting what I will, will not eat, should, should not eat, did, did not eat. Life was a battle. Work was a battle. People were a battle. I believed that I had to fight my way through life. Otherwise, I would never get anywhere. So what this um, paragraph reminds me is the promise of getting to the point where I'm doing step 10, living in step 10, that it just comes because I've just worked the first nine plus 10th step. So as long as I'm keeping in fit spiritual condition, that reminds me that my higher power, God is the one who makes this happen. My old belief was that I had to make things happen. I had to control the food. I had to control my career. I had to control people. I had to make things happen. If I don't have the one-year plan, the five-year plan, the 10-year plan, my life's not going to work out. And the paradox of this program is by letting go of that control, doing what it says, following the instructions, it happens to me, not by me. And I wanted to comment on the word miracle. It is miraculous, but it's not magic. It takes work, and it's not always easy. And that's why the last sentence is, whoops, don't get too excited here, because it's so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Not in fit physical, not in fit mental, spiritual condition, and that will take care of the other uh, three aspects. Um, That is all, and thank you very much, and I pass. Bye. Thank you, Reva P. Okay. It's uh, now time to close the meeting. Thank you to everyone who has shared and listened. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Deborah R., would you please read for us a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I would be delighted to. Thank you. Our book, is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. 
this is the great fact for us. Abandon yourselves to God as you understand him. Uh, or understand God, excuse me. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of the past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. <laughs>